Live from the Huntington Hellhole. In the morning, Troy. In the morning, Brian Black. What a glorious morning it is. Did you enjoy the land party? I did enjoy the land party, and we had record numbers attending. How many people were there? It was two, four, like uh, 10, 11, 11? 10 or 11. I don't think we've ever had that size of land party in a long time. Yeah. We started running out of tables. We had to clear uh, the food table to make room for someone. Then we shoved them in the corner of the garage. Yeah, we may have more people next time. We'll see. More people? Yeah. We'll see. People you're inviting? Or someone, no. someone else? That's why we'll have to see. Okay. We'll see then. Um, but related to the LAN, we need an air conditioner for it. So I've been um, testing uh, w- gimmicky things to uh, raise funds. And I just sent you a link. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to link this in the show notes, but I've come up with tiers for donators. So anybody who hasn't donated is going to be essentially a virgin. And in this case, an entitled virgin virgin. And there's a meme of somebody rage raging in the line at some store. So anybody who donates more than a dollar is uh, a degenerate. Anybody who donates more than $169, they all have to be meme numbers. Of course mm-hmm. they're a meme Lord. And then it just goes up from there. So you, so over the years, you just add up your donations that you can prove on the blockchain because it's all uh, USDC, it's all cryptocurrency. And it goes directly to Alan's wallet, the guy who hosts our land. And uh, the gimmicks that I'm trying to include beyond just the tier where you have this title is like status and thanks on the website. So some kind of glory. And then when eventually when you donate ridiculous amounts, I'll just buy that person a cushion because every time we have a land, people either don't bring their own chair because that's a pain in the ass. Who wants to do that? Then they're stuck on these folding chairs that kind of suck. But the ultimate goal of all of this would be just so that our host of the land is able to pay for the air conditioning. And if we, if these memes are effective enough calling people virgins and stuff, then theoretically we can pump this fund of his high enough that he can put it into Alchemix and then buy the air conditioner with an Alchemix loan. And then in two years be able to use that money again to pay for the rest of his stuff. So just on a regular basis, because it's not that much money that he'd end up getting after we all pool our money in there. So if it was a couple grand, he's got to wait like basically years for it to all pay back before uh-huh. it's a useful sum of money again. But uh, it becomes a recurring, I don't want to call it an income, but it's a recurring like discount on all of the amount of money and time that he spends setting stuff up for the land. Because there was so much stuff in his garage that he had to move. It was like two layers of detritus that uh, he had to take a day off from work. So, take a day off work to do what? To move everything? To move everything, yeah. It took him like two days to get it set up. 
Oh, geez. So we could be in there. The the number one perk that all of these donations get is the minus 50% ball sweat stat. <laughs> also, not a virgin. I have a whole sheet, like a, a spreadsheet, showing all the perks you get for the different donation tiers. But my favorite is going to be when I eventually make it to like whale or god tier. I'm going to have some particularly spicy memes. Something absolutely obscene as my image. Oh boy. Yeah. It's going to be great. <laughs> I think that the image thing is going to create quite a bit of comp competition. So I think other people are going to want to try and get to that image tier. But this is all just within people who came to the land party, right? So it's about a group of it's 10. It's purely just like the 10 of us. Like I only a fraction of those people are going to donate. Yeah, that's uh, your god tier is set to uh, elite status, elite yeah, number of it is. coin. <laughs> it's that it's a stable coin. That's a dollar pegged coin. You'd have to donate one thousand three hundred thirty-seven dollars. You're not going to get there coin. in one donation. <laughs> You're going to get there over time. Okay, Believe me, Alan. Alan has spent more than that. Time. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, electric bill alone when he if for alcohol. Yeah, the electric bill is going to be nothing. Couple no, it, bucks for the day. No, it goes up. I remember the one time I I land at my place, I saw a noticeable like fifty dollar bump in just that day. It's not a couple bucks. Well, we can ask him. Yeah, you can see it spike if you if you look at his electric bill, it'll like spike on the day he had to land. At least for me, it did. Like we didn't even have as many computers as he had set up with the projector and with sound and. Even though the, the sound, I don't imagine it would hold up, would take much power, but projector probably would, constantly being on. It's not an LED projector either. It's a uh, good old-fashioned light bulb. Or not light bulb, but, you know, that type of lighting technology. This system will help him pay for that. Yeah, if you do it over time, so, like, just a... If you, like, give in something, just $5 a land... I think that's what you want to emphasize. The way I read this, the way it interprets to me, is that this is a, you need a one-time. It says right there, add up your donations to calculate your tier. Where do you see that? I, I wrote it. Oh, I see it here. Well, see, that's, that's not the top, though. I didn't see it until you said it, and I was looking for it. I'm not concerned. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think uh, I think majority will not be into this, but I like the idea, the concept, because instead of having, I always forget to bring cash, and it even feels weird to like, oh, here's five bucks for hosting. It'd just be easier to be like, oh, you're coming, you're donate if you want to help help support the cause, and using cryptocurrencies makes it very secure and goes straight into his wallet, so it's already set up nicely. So, uh, trying to become a meme lord. That's what I've been working on. Gotta collect my magic beans. What is a meme lord? I'm not following. Uh, somebody who can shitpost well enough to influence people. Oh, so you gotta create your nice fancy titles and uh, meme jokes and then post it and have it catch fire? Something like that. 
uh, John McAfee mm-hmm. is an example of a meme lord. And I technically, I don't think that this is really his meme, the decentralized exchange, but everybody thought he was crazy. And two year, no, almost two years before Uniswap existed. Uniswap is a decentralized exchange for swapping cryptocurrencies. Mm-hmm. It's probably the most capital efficient thing on the face of the earth and throughout all of history. It it's valued at roughly like $18 million per line of code. And it is an autonomous money robot. It just exchanges cryptocurrencies without any uh, custody. It's amazing. What do you mean by custody? You don't have to give it your money. You're not, it's oh. not holding your money waiting for an like order a bank book would. for it's somebody else. doing an exchange and then boom, yeah. it's done. There's just Never a smart contract. Mm-hmm. that can swap the magic beans. I, I don't know how it works. I'm not a Solidity de- developer. But John McAfee was working on decentralized exchanges before Uniswap existed. Which is yeah. kind of visionary. He had a de- decentralized exchange, and that was part of the reason why, I think this is part of the reason why the SEC was going after him. Mm. Everybody thought, oh, John McAfee's crazy, He's got the poop swing. <laughs> yeah. Um, like Scott. Can you hear that? Then I, mm-hmm. I hear it. That. What is Scott sex? I mean, you poop in someone's mouth. <laughs> he used to make you shit in his mouth. See, she's laughing when she says that. It's Ryan, it's, it's, it's so serious to her. It's, it's making her relive the... Uh... Here's the interview <laughs> later to prove that they were paid to say this. Mm-hmm. Interview. What she told you that this um, interview was going to be shown as a movie or what? No, no. Only shown to John McAfee. Yes, that's what we Okay. And she paid you for this? Yes, she paid $800, but I got paid in $10 twice. I got paid in blues. Okay, blues when you mean. what she said, but uh, my guess was 100 bucks or 500 bucks. I've guessed throughout should, the years, I think. Should have gone in crypto. Should have asked for crypto. <laughs> uh, yeah, if she should have got paid in cryptocurrency. She would have like 10 grand now. More than that, actually. Whoa. But so his, Way his, more than uh, that. His, uh, basically, his exchange was up and running or just was too early for the time? Like, why is it not the, the de facto I think he shut one? it down when he started to get harassed. And this, uh, this little interview that he gave in 2019 kind of covers why decentralized exchanges are such a big deal. We still have centralized exchanges, which can be shut down by governments. That's the power that they hold over us. If we do not adhere to their regulations and rules, then they can shut us down. In two years, we will have decentralized exchanges. Where it's two years later. The exchange is running on 10 million devices, 10 million smartphones and, and pads all around the world, and it's constantly changing and fluid. You can't shut it down. When that happens, government regulations become meaningless. Because if you have a regulation or a law, but there is no power to enforce it, nobody pays attention. So, <laughs> so th- this is uh, his interview January 8th, 2019 
Fast forward to... <laughs> he sounds surprisingly sober there, too. Mm-hmm. And he's got liquor in his hand. Fast forward <laughs> to July 5th, 2020, and he gave this interview to uh, the guy that makes Dragon Chain, another blockchain. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what he says about the decks. Unfortunately, since it's a decentralized exchange and <laughs> our logic is on the blockchains, I can't help you. I can't change it. Neither can God himself, unless God wants to change the rules of mathematics. Okay, where two plus two is now 17. If that happens, yes, I can help you, mofos. Otherwise, don't ask me. So we're in hiding, both my wife and I, because I do shit like this. Okay, wow. this is my wow. gift to the fucking world, people. I love that. This is my gift to the fucking world. <laughs> and now, Uniswap, it's like the single most profitable thing. Capital efficient. Well, I guess that's the proper way to phrase that. It's uh, it's unbelievable. I think they have like a $3 billion treasury now. It just pays for to run like ads and pays people to complete tasks. It has, they had like a team of 20 people. And every, and everyone's using it now. Now it is the de facto for, for crypto exchanges. Correct? It's the biggest, most popular crypto, uh, uh, yeah. Cryptocurrency exchange. It's, it's on Ethereum. It's designed for swapping Ethereum tokens. Mm-hmm. But you can't really, you can't go between blockchains. You'd have to use something else for that. Some kind of bridge. Um, there's a, a Ethereum token called, called Cum Rocket. It's uh, actually... It's C-O-M-E? No. C-U-M. <laughs> okay. Cum Rocket. Mm-hmm. It's actually a, uh, it's on the Binance smart chain, which is a fork. Some, the, the stupid Chinese company forked Ethereum and then increased the block size so that the fees were low, but it, it's too much storage and nobody can store it except for Binance themselves. So it's basically a centralized version of Ethereum. It's bad. They can revert transactions and there's nothing anybody can do about it. So they just pretty much undo everything great about it. Got it. So Cum Rocket is on that. So I can't really swap directly to Cum Rocket, but you could you could swap them through an exchange. There's a they actually run their own exchange called Cum Swap. Oh, <laughs> and as you probably guessed, it's a it's like a porn site. It's a porn VR site. Mm-hmm. Or it's really any kind of multimedia. It's kind of like OnlyFans. Using some shitty version of Ethereum. It's an inter- interesting project that Elon Musk has been pumping. Wait, what? He's His name's on it? Well, he's... Like, he likes to pump Doge and Shiba Inu and Baby Shiba. All the <laughs> Ethereum tokens that have come out. All the speculation shit coins that people like to trade. People like the meme coins. Does he does he still hold a lot of weight? Because I mean, I feel like when he was quiet, everybody gave him a lot of serious like consideration. But 
the more and more that he comes out and says things and nobody's there to censor him, the more I think people are like, okay, whatever he says, just ignore it. Because it's going to be like batshit crazy. I don't know. Okay. He seems to move markets though. I know when he talked about uh, investing, well, how much, like a certain percentage of Tesla's uh, revenue in cryptocurrencies, it just made everybody like explode again. Yeah. But and I think then they sold 10% or something. Mm-hmm. They got boosted and they're like, okay, good. Boop. Make money. Yeah, stuff's down right now, which I think is fantastic. It's a good time to get into it because it's down. Yep. Like, let me check it right now. Where are we at? Log into Coinbase. Yeah, down 7.92% from the start of the day. Yeah, it's a good time to buy into it. Did you hear about those Western Digital MyBook live devices? This is like, the ones that came to the online. Haven't we talked about this before? Oh, yeah. We didn't talk about it on the show, though. We didn't. Oh, tell me. From my, from, let me just tell you what, tell you what I remember. They're, they're backup drives that connect online. But then what was going on with them? Oh, so I guess what changed since we discussed it um, off the show was that they were all unpatched. Mm-hmm. because it was unsupported it was just an old drive they basically gave it updates for five years and then that was it they dropped support completely yeah they can't keep supporting old shit mm-hmm. and uh they had some kind of exploit in their authentication which allowed they chained a bunch of different exploits together which led them to getting on the device and uh authorizing a device factory uh, reset and that erased everybody's information. Wait. So they're they're not supported. So there's no... Oh, no, because it's not supported, that's why there's... It's not something you directly use. It's just a thing where you're like, okay, I just log into this little portal and then I can see my files there. So it never really occurs to somebody who owns a device like that that it's not getting updates and that that could be bad. Yeah, you so they just like ran it. Running, why change it? Yeah, you run it until it breaks. Fix it. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's broke now. Have they? I think you were telling me about this before, but have they announced? Like they they said before they're they're working on a fix, but I mean, if the data's gone, data's gone forever. If it's been overridden then it's actually gone. These are hard disks, so technically, I think the drive just like resets the index or something. The index just reads it as zero, even though the, the bits are still there and zeros and ones. Yeah. But then that, at that point, you're not, you're not waiting for Western digital. You're, you just gotta go get a, uh, hard drive recovery tool. That's going to read it literally and not, uh, not read the index at all, which can take a long time, but you could rebuild your hard drive. If it just, just got reset the index. Yeah, I don't know if they said that they're going to provide uh, some kind of restore service for free. Oh, no way. Have. I don't think they would. <laughs> like, they, they should, but I don't think they would. I think yeah, they, it they seems would. too expensive. I, I see them trying to get out of it as much as possible, especially if it's an unsupported drive that they don't give a shit about. 
I, I see this being very much a sweep under the rug and then hope nobody uh, important complains. I got a question for you. Would you be mm. more or less likely to increase the amount of money you'd give Alan for a for a, an air conditioner if it included a shirt that said "Bukake ruined my carpet"? No, <laughs> I would not be. I would not be more encouraged. I'd be actually <laughs> discouraged. That might be just me. Because it's the kind of thing where like those kind of like me merchandise. It's funny to like see it. But when you actually receive said item, well, I don't think, well, maybe people would pay, buy for it, but, you know, let's say you didn't even buy for it, pay for anything for it. You realize you can't wear that anywhere. You can't oh. go out. Yeah. It just sits in your closet. And then now you've got then you hope shirt. nobody sees it. That, yeah, you hope nobody sees it because if they, they see it, then it all it does is ask questions. <laughs> and no matter what explanation you give, you just know in the back of their mind they're like, hmm, it's uh, bullshit. <laughs> That reminds me of the one time we had somebody over to one of those land parties and they had 3D printed me like a 15 inch dong. Yeah. The scale, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, reduced so that it fits in a box. Reduced <laughs> so it fits in a box. Yeah, okay. But yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly the kind of thing where like it's hilarious. Everybody laughs. <laughs> what but- the fuck do you do with it? But at the end of the day, what do you do? You can't you can't leave it op- open on your dresser. You can't. You have to hide that. But then <laughs> it's a burden. I think about it. I'm aware that it exists, but I have to be mm-hmm. careful of where I put it. I think that I'm. I have to somehow turn this thing into a lamp. Oh, a lamp's interesting. Put I was a thinking light bulb at the top, a, a lampshade at the top. An NFT that is also a physical item. That would be two for one. <laughs> You're like, oh, I can pass it off. Got my to... security token. Pull out this 15 inch long dong. I could pass it off to somebody else. I was reading a story that just reminded me of uh, this guy was drunk and went online ordering stuff, which is a dangerous combination. And so now he has a like multi thousand dollar to scale very lifelike doll i don't remember the, the technical term for them and a now he's like doll? yeah what do i do now with this because he he's like i'm not going to use it but <laughs> he's well, like he I don't bought like it when he was drunk yeah i'm sure it's like you like, it's like oh it'd be so funny if i had this bro and then you get it when you're sober and you're like ooh, um huh because he's like, I don't want to put in the trash. Because if we put in the trash, it's, one, it's very expensive. And two, he doesn't want people to be like, hey, what's that sticking out of your trash can there? Because, you know, it's to size. <laughs> you put a body, you wrap it in a trash bag so it even looks more suspicious. Put some, uh, some, uh, chlor- no, what is that called? Yeah, chlorine and plastic bags in their trash can too, just to, just to make the profile fit. But, uh, he, he went online to basically, like, I'm at the end of my rope. I don't have any ideas. What, what do I do? And people are like, well, Craigslist. <laughs> just don't ever meet at your house. Meet at some neutral location and uh, whatever they bring to, to buy it with, just give it to them. Just, just take it and give it to them and don't ever look back. Because <laughs> then the follow-up question is, well, who buys a used one? <sighs> Are you that cheap <laughs> in your hobby, quote-unquote, that you buy a, you go on Craigslist and look for a used sex doll? 
So yeah, anybody who's going to pay for that, you just you just take whatever they're going to give you and you just walk away. Don't ask questions. That that's really bothering me thinking about that. <laughs> well, it's, it's equivalent to your dong thing, your dong problem. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I don't think I would not recommend trying to sell that online. But you could if you were desperate for money. Well, if you're that desperate for money, there's a lot of things you could. Never mind. <laughs> um, speaking of fundraising, tell me about these. Or is that what we were talking about earlier? The fundraising with memes. Yeah, we already talked about that. Oh, okay. It's the same thing. That's a little bit safer. Doing it with memes instead of uh, sex objects. Did GameStop explode? No, but. Your so mic everybody... is really loud, by the way. It's like. Oh, sorry. I'm really close to it. Constantly um, clipping. For people who, who don't know, a while back, the GameStop uh, was supposed to be... You know, it was a crappy stock. People noticed this and started to play the game. Wall Street Bets subreddit noticed they were playing the game and then to screw them, just dumped tons of money into GameStop to raise the stock price, make it more valuable than it actually was, um, and so forth. And... The, what they did, so these hedge fund brokers who were, you know, who were trying to play the game, um, instead of just like saying, oh, you got us, and then losing millions of dollars and are closing down, they've doubled down by borrowing more money, borrowing more fake stocks. Like this is, I'm very glossing over very quickly, but just sort of getting an update of what we're going on. And so even though they're doubling down, doubling down more and more, getting deeper and deeper and deeper into problems, uh, the stock price is still holding. There's all these people that are just anybody who still has GameStop stop stock, GameStop stock. Oof, um, it's still holding it. So even though it's been like months since that happened, and pretty much the news cycle's like, okay, nobody cares about it anymore in the news cycle. The price is still like two hundred dollars plus. In fact, let me look at it right now. Loading. Uh, it stopped today at 189.93. So it's actually got a little bit lower than when I saw it originally. Um, so friend of the show, I was talking about this with uh, Kao, using his code name, um, at the LAN party. And he was telling me that there is an expectation that there will be one more explosion of the price in stock because these hedge funds are you know doubling down, doubling down, that eventually... They're gonna to have to pay the piper, and when that happens, the value of that stock should explode because they have to sell back. And then all the they've been like creating these things called synthetic stocks. So they're stocks that aren't real, but they promise it to somebody. And so it looks like there's like let's say just let's say there's 200 stock in reality. They said they had one, but sell it to three different people. So now it looks like there's 203 stocks in circulation. When in reality, it's really 200. Um, so when they have to pay the piper and eventually pay out and then crash and burn, the number of stocks is going to decrease, which means that the value of each stock is going to increase as well. You know, same supply, or not, what is it? Lower the supply, supply, but keep the demand, you're going to have the price increase. So just... Something I want to write down now on July 8th so that in a couple of weeks' time, if it really does happen, explode, we heard it here first. <laughs> but 
no no promises we are not experts i'm no expert of whatsoever so it's at your own risk but just uh interesting it's because i feel like it's it's left the news nobody talks about it anymore but then looking at the stock it's still 189 and it's like has gamestop suddenly come up with a new product new device new something nope they're still doing the same thing that they're doing when their stock was worth like five bucks I've been hearing like things that like supposedly it's now profitable. Like GameStop was in the dumps before, and now they're doing quite well. But like, I don't know if I believe that. Maybe they're doing better because uh, COVID's coming to, and it seems like, and everybody's sort of going back to work, and everybody's out buying things. So maybe, but I don't know about the value of it could be any more than it was before COVID hit. Yeah, I don't believe that. Yeah, but uh, so pending, pending explosion. There's no transparency in the stock market. I'm just really surprised that uh, more people aren't doing that. They're doing that versus something on the blockchain Mm -hmm. where you can analyze everything and everybody. I think it's still, it's very much unknown and everybody treats it like stocks anyways. Which is not really the intention. Like I feel like when people are buying into Ethereum or Bitcoin, they're seeing it like, oh, I'll buy into it when it gets low and then wait one day when it gets high and then sell it again. And that's more like a stock. That's not really a currency. So I think because of that, people just sort of treat it like a volatile stock. And when you say volatile, it makes people run away with their money. But it's coming. Volatility is what traders want. Yeah. But uh, when you want a for sure, what is it? A for sure gain, then volatility is not what you want. Traders want that, but people looking to invest their money don't. Stablecoin yield farming is for. And Mm -hmm. it earns more than anything else you're going to get. What's I mean? Because it's it's, got real interest, real rates based on demand, not based on the edict of a government. Um, it's like, that's the problem is that people don't know that. The oh, they will. Everybody's, they will. Yes. every bank's savings account, it will be cryptocurrency. You're not going to know it. All of a sudden, one day you're going to start earning interest. You're going to be like, oh, I don't know where that's from, but the bank is going to be using your money and they're going to be using it to add liquidity through compound and other protocols in cryptocurrency. Which means that if you're listening to this podcast, skip the middleman, just do it your own cryptocurrencies. Yeah, you, you do earn more. And you get, uh, there's no custodian, so you don't have to ask permission to do anything with your money. Which is probably the best part. It's, it's security is off the charts. Um, well, that doesn't mean every stable coin's security is off oh, the yeah, charts. Oh yeah, I guess I should mention that. There's, there's definitely garbage coins. <laughs> so don't just throw it at anything. But like, there's a couple different concepts you'd have to understand. Mm-hmm. There's various degrees of trustlessness. Like, if you if you use this is a little more in depth than I really want to get into, but the USDC stablecoin that is created by Coinbase and Circle, they control that smart contract. They can pause the smart contract they can reverse transactions they can blacklist people it's not trustless 
it, there's counterparty risk. It's completely collateralized, meaning it's secure in the sense that every dollar is actually backed by real dollars because Coinbase and Circle have like infinite money supplies. Um, but it it's not trustless in the sense that, or or really incredibly neutral, because there is a controlling party that has an interest in it and is subject it's not, to regulations. It's not unbiased. Yeah, there's people running it. Ethereum itself, though, there are no people, and it facilitates, and it's the the currency for paying for the compute to handle the transactions. That's truly trustless and credibly neutral because uh, you're not using a single node. You're using nodes all around the world. Using the network of nodes, not just a single node. Yeah. That anybody can set up. And uh, even if it, uh, let's say government cracked down hard and closed every single node, as soon as one goes back up, you got your money back again. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Close every node. But just now, hypothetical. Um, I think one last thing. I guess there's a couple of things I could talk about. So one thing that, that stood out to me today that I was just reading about is uh, right to repair. Have you heard about this? Uh, a little over the years. On and it's off. mostly directed at Apple because supposedly, well, I'm not supposedly, pr- pretty uh, evidently in the you know, last couple of devices and slowly over time, um, their devices have been more and more uh not friendly to they third glue parties them together yeah exactly and they make it purposely so that oh. only they can repair them quote unquote yeah they screw the small repair shops but there's really only like a handful of small repair shops and then there's everybody else who's a counterfeiter what do you mean by counterfeiter like pretty much every component that is expensive that could potentially have something that passes as functional as a oh, they go cheap on it. Mm-hmm. Then a lot of times those are sold, and they're sold cheaper, or they're sold at Apple's prices and tried to be. They try and pass them off as Apple originals. Yeah, like they uh, they sell the screen replacement, and technically it is a screen, but then you you touch it and like there's no read in your thumb, there's no read in your finger, so it's just a screen. That's it. Yeah, or, or it the... scratches easily, and it's it's just garbage altogether. Yep. Uh, but still, like the the thing though is that there should be a right to be able to like to look that stuff up yourself or to re- perform the repair yourself, not to purposely sabotage the device to make it so only only the parent company can own it. I think they're trying to make the argument that they're like, oh, well, we need to protect the consumer, but then it's just the hardware itself. And then once you have one person in charge of all repairs, well, I guess what they can always do, they can charge whatever they want. And then you are at a disadvantage as a consumer. You're sort of like, it's more like you're almost renting the equipment. You're not buying the hardware. Uh, but the new, so this has been an ongoing debate and brought to different city governments or, you know, making the law or whatever. Not, it hasn't really gone anywhere from what I can understand because there's nobody is super interested. There's obviously parties that are, that are names that are constantly advocating for it. But a big name to me that sort of dropped out not dropped out but dropped in was uh 
Steve Wozniak, I'm hoping I'm saying that right, Steve Wozniak, he actually came out with a video, was it today or a while ago? Let's see. Yeah, today. Oh, no, excuse me. Yesterday on the 7th. Channel. And basically, he, he was like, in he's like, he's like, he heard about it, but didn't really, you know, know too much about it. But um, something it? caught. Hmm? Should I play no, it? No, don't play it. I just, I just sent oh, the video okay. so you can have it. I don't have a particular part of where, because it's like, a, it's a good uh, nine minute video uh, where he just, he talks about overviewing it and like the how when he was growing up that was the big thing that got him into technology was every device and hardware you bought came with an instruction manual and like the blueprints of it like how does it work here's the breakdown and that's what got him interested in to technology at an early age because it was available i can see straight into his nose and see his brain (laughs) yeah he's got a i don't know if it's if it's the camera or if he has a nose light probably has a light oh i see lights above him too but yeah, he probably has uh some kind of light lit up oh setup. my god you know what that is you can see it in the reflection of the tv is he looking outside a that's, window no that is a giant screen that's a apple background he's in front uh, of a one of those uh, 32 inch uh what do they call them now the display pro display or something yeah mm-hmm I can't even remember what it's called. It's that six thousand dollar screen. <laughs> well, he's got he's got the income. He can he can buy it if he wants. Um, but yeah, it's basically that. You know, every kid has an iPhone and knows how to use it, but they have no idea how to how it works. How it's if it if it broke, what could you do? What can you not do? Kind of thing. Um, whereas, like my Nintendo Switch, when its fan was making a horrible sound and was not keeping it cool anymore. I just went online on Amazon, ordered a kit from some third party that had everything I needed in it and with instructions on how to open up the switch, find the particular part, take it out, put a new one in, and then now uh, it works beautifully. I didn't have to go to Nintendo to get that fixed. I could do it myself or go to some third party if I really didn't trust myself. But you know, you can do that with with for example the Nintendo Switch, you can do that with the hardware, but iPhone, forget about it. And I feel like a long time ago, you could you could get away with those things, or find some third party that, if you trusted them, could do a good job. But as time has gone gone by, it's you know less and less you're able to do those kind of things. There were no security devices in those phones though when you could do that. What kind of security devices? What do you mean? Uh, like, touch ID or Face ID. That's true. But those... like I was thinking, like my first MacBook, you could replace the RAM chips. When did they make it so MacBooks are like it's built in? You can't replace those anymore. When did that happen? When they were too thin to add two layers to a motherboard. Too thin. Yeah, the computers keep getting thinner. So they had to get rid of the second layer where you're like placing RAM on top. Mm-hmm. It's all but soldered into the board. I would have hated because I remember when the MacBook first came out, it had five, 512 megabytes, which was not enough to run the OS it came with. Yeah. You know how screwed I would have been if I couldn't replace those RAM chips? You and can I... barely browse the web with four gigs of RAM. <laughs> but I mean, it's that kind of thing. Like, because I could replace it, it wasn't that big a deal for me. But if I got on that computer and then, you know, after using it, and it, you know, at first when you always get it, it always feels new and fresh and fast. But then over time, it starts to like egg on you, like, hmm, this is really spinning a long time. And it's just like, you'd be done. 
You don't have any rights to your own hardware. Yeah, I just wanted to basically bring it up and then an uh, interesting video if anybody is completely in the dark. The Steve Wozniak, I think he does a good little summary of it and explains his own feelings on it. And for those who don't know, he's a big uh, name in the early days of Apple. And you get to see his brain. <laughs> see, uh, see how he works through his nose. Man, his screen must be so bright. <laughs> Maximum luminosity. Yeah, that's uh, that's all I. Yeah, that's all I want to talk about today. I think that's good. Yeah. Oh yeah, we went a little longer than I thought. All right. Uh, bringyourwallet.com slash contact for feedback and suggestions. Bringyourwallet.com slash donate to support the show and share the show. What's your website? You can find my stream at yort.org. Y o r. Yeah, why? Sorry, I, I blanked out. Y o r t dot o r g yort dot org. I have to think twice about that every time too. I was about to say y o r g. Like, wait a minute, I just most. But anyways, I stream on Monday, Wednesday, Friday nights, mostly Nintendo games. So come on by and say hello. Mention, mention that you uh, heard about it on the show, The Frontier. All right. See you next week.